Good evening and welcome to the fifth quarter following the Eagles 37-9 win over the Cowboys. Philly now moves to 9-1 on the season. Seahawks face the Falcons tomorrow night. Monday night football, let's get right to it. Pete Carroll is not saying for sure, but it's a pretty good bet. Cam Chancellor will be out not only for the game, but for the season. Hall of Famer Warren Moon with us as always. And uh, Warren, explain the magnitude of the Hawks loss. Yeah, there's also a chance that he could be done for his career. We just don't know. When, when you start talking about head injuries, when you start talking about neck and, and back injuries, you just never know how serious they're going to be. I don't know exactly what the injury is, but it must be serious enough for him to be out this week and, and possibly a lot longer. But when you lose a guy the magnitude of a Cam Chancellor, this is a guy that he's a, a physical presence on the football field. He's an all-pro football player. Uh, he's one of the best strong safeties in the game. He has one of those uh, you know, quiet voices, but when he speaks, people listen and people actually do what he tells them to do because he's that type of leader on this football team. So to not have that on this team and that physical presence that he brings that kind of uh, spreads over the rest of the football team, that's a big loss for you and the experience that he brings as well. He'll be around, I'm sure, you know, trying to be as emotional as he possibly can and help the young guys, but it's not the same when you're not out there playing with the guys. Yeah, well, Cam put this out on his Instagram today saying, when you play this game consistently like you are supposed to, you sometimes get scars that you can't remove forever. Hashtag no regrets. Pete Carroll talked yesterday about the guys who will have to step up to fill the holes left by Cam and Richard Sherman. We couldn't be more fortunate in that the guys that get to step up for those guys. I mean, you can't replace either one of those guys uh, directly. They're just, you know, they've been here a long time. They've done so much. They, they stand for so much. Yet we have guys that are coming in, and uh, Bradley McDougal has played excellent football. He's a first, first flight starter in the NFL, and, and so we're lucky to have him jump in. Uh, and then, you know, Jeremy Lane was a starter for us this year. And uh, Shaq has taken over as a starter on the right side to be able to have to answer with Sherm going down, Jeremy coming back, and, and also bringing in Maxie. Um, it's, it's, we just feel fortunate that we've been able to uh, respond in this manner. Now, Pete seems pretty uh, happy with the depth he has. McDougald seems like a savvy vet. Huge offseason signing now for the Seahawks. Can he fill Cam's role as well as he filled Earl's role? Well, there's going to be some things he can do better than Cam. I think in man-for-man coverage, he's probably a better cover guy from that safety spot. But what, what uh, Cam brings is we, he's almost like another linebacker in our, in our defense as far as the run game is concerned. You're talking about a 6'3", 235-pound guy. He steps in that running game, really makes it tough for, for teams to run the ball against us. So that's what you're going to lose with Cam a lot because of his physical presence and what he brings to the, to the, uh, the physical part of our defense and our run defense. That's something that Bradley's going to have to step up and be a much more physical player at the point of attack. I think he can do it, but that's not his strong point. All right, combined with the loss of Sherman, uh, what can the Hawks' defense do to maybe take a little pressure off the secondary? I think it's going to come down to the, the defensive line. They've got to put pressure on all the quarterbacks that we play. The, the, the more you can make them uncomfortable uh, as quarterbacks in the pocket, make them get the ball out of there a little bit quicker than they want, than they want to, make them be uncomfortable, maybe throw some passes that, that aren't as... Uh, is aren't as accurate because of that pressure, and then get some sacks and some hits on those guys. That's going to help that back end so they don't have to cover as long. All right, Bobby Wagner having a great season. He says Atlanta will try to go deep first, but then check down to the running back and the tight end. He says this matchup is a linebacker's game. When they try to, when the teams try to do fast, quick game, get the ball out of the quarterback hands fast, that, that tends to, to be our area of expertise where we have to make our tackles and not allow them to get yards after the catch. Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. He's a rhythm passer. Um, you know, you got Julio, you got Gabriel. They, they don't take the top off. So a very explosive offense that's very capable of doing what they want to do if, you, if we're not on it. 
Ryan and the Falcons uh, third in the league in explosive plays. Now, Earl says they need to be on it. What's the key to keeping them from getting those big gains? Is it, is it a discipline thing? It's going to definitely be discipline as, part, as far as watching your keys and staying in your zone, making sure you don't let people get behind you if you're in the three-deep zone or whatever, and then tackling. You've got to tackle very well. A lot of the reasons why they get explosive plays is because of runs after the catch. And You saw a couple of missed tackles right there. If we tackle well and limit those uh, completions, because Matt Ryan's going to complete some balls, but you want to limit those completions to not a lot of yards after the catch. And the way you do that is by tackling very well. We're a very good tackling football team. What about with Ryan? One of those things with uh, Matt Ryan is he's got such a quick release. It's tough for defenses to sack him and get to him and rush him a bit. How can the Hawks combat that since they can't seem to get to him quick enough? Again, uh, you got to get pressure on him and try and make him be uncomfortable so he can't hold the ball and throw it where he wants to go or go through his progression the way he wants to. Make him uh, throw the ball. And when Matt Ryan gets hit early in ball games, a lot of times his feet get a little bit antsy and he wants to get rid of that football before he's supposed to. That's what you want to do with quarterbacks. Try and make them feel uncomfortable in the pocket and kind of throw their timing out. Don't let them get into a rhythm. And Atlanta has a rhythm type of offense. So you want to make sure you get them out of that rhythm somehow. And one of the ways you do that is with pressure on the quarterback, whether you bring in blitzes from time to time, trying to confuse him, uh, just keeping him off balance. Not always with a four-man pass rush, sometimes with five guys, sometimes dropping linemen and bringing, bringing guys out of the secondary, trying to do a lot of things to keep his head on a swivel all the time. Okay, you know, jog your memory just a little bit, Warren. You, know, you, you had a quick release back in your playing days. When you were back there and guys were getting to you, what, you know, what defenses uh, worked against you? When, when did they have their most success? Well, teams that could get pressure with four guys and still be able to play coverage in the back end, that's going to force you to have to hold the ball a little bit longer because there are seven guys back there. And if they can get to you with four guys with pressure, that's going to make you uncomfortable like I talked about in the pocket. And you're not going to be as accurate because you're not able to th- step into some of those throws or, or guys are hitting you as you're throwing the football. So pressure on any quarterback, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Joe Montana. You get pressure on guys, they're not going to be as good a quarterback. All right, I'll put you on the spot a little bit before we go to break. You think of the guys that put pressure on you back in the day, some big names, of course. Hey, can you give us a couple that they got after you? Uh, Bruce Smith uh, with the Buffalo Bills. He's the all-time sack leader for a reason. Uh, Derek Thomas, another guy who was in the Hall of Fame. He was a teammate of mine at the end of my career. Another guy that uh, can really get after the quarterback. And Reggie White, just a yeah. guy who could dominate a game by himself on the defensive line. Those three guys were the three guys you had to worry about all the time, where they were, how you were going to block them, were you going to chip them, were you going to put a tight end over there, were you going to slide your line, and that opened it up for other guys. So great players make other players better. Man, those are three big names right there. All right, Warren. Plenty still to come here on the fifth quarter. Up next, we'll flip it around, the Hawks offense and Falcons defense. And you'll hear from Russell Wilson on what he'll be facing tomorrow night. Plus, a word from Falcons cornerback Tacoma's Desmond Trufant. Stay with us. Back here with Hall of Famer Warren Moon. You, you know, you've taken it in the NASCAR race two or three or four. <laughs> uh, what do you enjoy most about the fast track? I, I just think the teamwork that's involved, it just uh, is so similar to what I, I know from football being such a great team sport. It's a team effort in it when you get to NASCAR, too, the way those pit crews work, how quickly they get those drivers in and out of the pits. Uh, being able to see the races from the pit is a different experience. That's something I loved about it. You know, I've gotten a chance to know Denny Hamlin and some of the racers. So uh, it, it's another – I just love competition, and, and NASCAR is, is as great a competition as there is. All right, but as we were chatting before we get back to football, you actually had a chance to jump in a pace car one. You didn't want to drive it, though. I didn't want to drive it because they were going a little bit too fast for me. <laughs> but about 130 miles an hour just going around the track. But it was a, a, another neat experience yeah. to be involved in, to be on those ovals, especially when you're almost like sideways going around <laughs> that track. 
little bit unnerving. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Back to football now and the Seahawks and the offense. Here's Russell Wilson on facing the Falcons' defense. They're, they're playing fast. they got a lot of fast guys. I mean, you think about the corners. Um, they're really running well. They, they think about uh, the linebackers run well and the defensive linemen even, too. Um, you know, you look at Beasley on, on, on film. He's running all over the place, making plays. And we just have to be consistent, um, keep our drives alive, you know, find ways to run the football at, at an efficient rate. And uh, when we have our chance to make our game-altering plays, we got to make them. That's a familiar saying, best defense is a good offense. Ball control goes a long way. Uh, you know, how much of the, the long drives hinges on an effective running game, which obviously the Seahawks have struggled with on and off this season? Yeah, you have to be able to mix it up. You have to be able to be balanced in order to have long drives. You can't just throw it all the way down the field because in some ways that, that's not a long drive, especially if you get an incomplete pass. That stops the clock and so different things like that. But when you're able to run the ball, keep a defense off balance as far as what you're doing, that's going to allow you to have a long drives and it's going to keep a very explosive offense like Atlanta has on the sideline. That's the best best way to slow them down is to keep them over there watching uh, from the sidelines. Let them get cold. you got to remember, this is a dome football team. They don't want to come out into this cold weather and play, and it could be raining. So um, that's one way to, to slow this football team down is control the football, but score when you get a chance to score. Okay, Dan Quinn, Falcons head coach. He knows the Seahawks. He knows Russell Wilson well. Uh, how difficult is it for even a guy like Quinn to prepare for a quarterback with the mobility and just the flat-out ability and talent of Russell Wilson. Yeah, he may have a, a good idea of what we like to do offensively and the same thing with us defensively because he ran the same defense uh, here when he was our coordinator, and they're also doing the same thing in Atlanta, basically. But uh, when, when you have a quarterback like Russell, it's hard to prepare for him because you don't know what's going to happen play in and play out when he's running the football or when he's passing the football because he creates so many other things. So your d defense has to be just a little bit more disciplined. They probably can't play as fast as they want to because they have to be a little bit more under control to make sure they try and keep him in the pocket. So uh, he's a very difficult guy for any defensive coordinator to go against, but, de but definitely Dan Quinn because he was with him, has won a Super Bowl with him, and knows what type of dynamic he brings to any offense. Right. You know, the Falcons have a pretty quick secondary. A guy like Desmond Trufant has been tearing it up down there as a young player. Uh, he's going to be trying to stop a Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, it's another homecoming for this Tacoma native. He's coming back to the Seattle area to play some football. Here's Des on returning home. Just happy to go back. Just happy for the opportunity to, to even be in this position, you know. So I'm excited. So it should be fun. You have a certain number of uh, tickets you think you're going to need? Uh, probably about 20, 25 or something like that. I got a lot of family, so should be cool. Should have a good amount uh, out there. All right, we know uh, Dez didn't get to play against the Hawks last time around, and Falcons actually stayed out here that week because I believe they had a West Coast game yeah. before, so they made a big, long West Coast trip out of it. Um, but I, I want to ask you real quick before we move on. Homecoming for you, did it, they kind of um, add more? Was it more fun, more distractions? It was more distractions to me because whenever we went to the West Coast, whether it was L.A. or San Diego, somewhere where my mom and sisters come, come watch me play, you're worried about you know, getting them tickets. You're worried about hotel rooms for them. You're worried about all these different things that kind of get your mind off of the game. So it, it, I love to see them, but it also messed with my routine that I had every week because now you have to make time to go visit them in the hotel when they come to see you and things like that. So it wasn't always the, the most comfortable thing for me because I'm a guy that gets into a, a certain routine and I don't want to break it. But what can you do? When you have family, you got to take care of family. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you don't want to tell your family that you really don't want no, to spend much time no, with them. No, I know, but. and I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, before we move on, let's talk about the Falcons' defense. Uh, you know, Claiborne had six sacks last week against the Cowboys, against their backup left tackle. Then I think they threw their third-string left tackle out there. They had all kinds of problems with Claiborne. Uh, how important it would be to get Dwayne Brown back off that ankle injury. Well, it'd be great to have Dwayne Brown. That's one of the reasons why we acquired him, one of the best left tackles in the game. But I think Matt Tobin can do a great job as well. And you can help out your your offensive linemen if they need help. There's different ways to do it, whether you're sliding your protection that way, whether you're chipping with a back, or whether you're putting a tight end over there. There's a lot of things you can do. And I just don't think Dallas helped that guy out last week at the left tackle spot, and that's one of the reasons why he gave up six sacks. But um, I think we'll be fine. I don't think you'll see anything like that. And we have a, a, a mobile quarterback that knows how to take care of some of that when somebody does get beat anyway. That, that's a huge challenge, though, tomorrow night, huh? It, it is a huge challenge. They have a really fast defense, not, not just Claiborne, because Claiborne only had two sacks coming into that game. He gets six in that one game. That kind of made his season. But they have a lot of speed all over their defense. and Their linebackers are really fast, and they have some very active safeties as well. Yeah, well, good challenge tomorrow night. We're halfway through this edition of the fifth quarter. Up next, a special hit of the game. Plus, we'll look at a couple of key matchups from today's games. And we'll take you to Atlanta to see tomorrow's game from the Falcons' perspective. Next on the fifth quarter. Today's hit of the game goes to UCLA Athletic Director Dan Guerrero, who fires football coach and former Seahawks coach Jim Mora. The Bruins are 5-6 and six and lost to USC Saturday for the fourth straight year. Interesting times in the Pac-12. Your Huskies sworn uh, out of the title hunt. What, what will your emotions be when you're watching the Apple Cup? Uh, you know, dogs have a chance to be a big, big spoiler. Yeah, we've knocked them out of the Apple Cup before. They've knocked us out of the Apple Cup. So hopefully it doesn't even matter to me about whether it's knocking them out of the, uh, the championship or not. It's just the fact that you, you want to win the Apple Cup, no matter what the records are of either team. So I'm definitely going to be rooting for my Huskies in the Apple Cup, and hopefully they can come up with another uh, victory. They've been dominating that series here since pre- Chris Peterson has come to the University of Washington. Hopefully we can keep it going this week. All right, we'll find out what happens Saturday. All right, let's uh, talk some football back to the Seahawks now. And uh, we head across the country to see what the Falcons are thinking. Wes Blankenship for our Atlanta station WXIA reports from Falcons headquarters. Paul, the Falcons and Seahawks got to know each other pretty well last season. The Seahawks got that close win in the regular season in Seattle, and the Falcons got revenge at the Georgia Dome in the playoffs. Even though head coach Dan Quinn has been away from the Seahawks' sideline for a few seasons, he still thinks there's a special bond between his team and Seattle's. I just have a sense like these are uh, two tough, competitive uh, teams, you know, that'll – I have a sense we'll battle for a long time, you know, just in terms of the nature of the players, of, you know, the way they want to fight and battle and compete. Um, so that's why it'll be a hell of a matchup. As for Monday night, Falcons tailback Devontae Freeman, he's in the league's concussion protocol for the second time since mid-August. The other half of the Falcons' one-two punch, running back Tevin Coleman, could be in for a much bigger role against the Seahawks. We'll definitely lean on him more, you know, if Free's not able to go. And the plays that we use, oftentimes they're the same ones. And uh, there's a, a few that we have that are specific to, to both of them. But uh, we'll, we'll lean on them more for sure. Falcons fans down here, they're in a bit of a holding pattern. The Falcons had a 6-4 and four record before that playoff and Super Bowl run last season. So a win over the Seahawks can get them back to that record. But a loss, and it's another week of talk about the Super Bowl hangover. From Flowery Branch, West Blankenship, back to you in the studio. 
Everybody wants to talk about that Super Bowl hangover. That poor team is really, boy. All right, uh, we know that uh, they played some awfully good football last weekend against the Cowboys. Devontae Freeman out, as, as Wes mentioned, with the concussion. Uh, what can the Hawks do to kind of keep the Falcons out of that offensive rhythm? Well, I think, for one, our crowd can help us. I think our crowd likes to play in these big primetime games just as much as the players do. So the noise and the energy that they can bring to CenturyLink on, uh, on Monday night will be disruptive to them because they want to play with tempo and they want to play with, with speed. But you can slow that down by making it hard for them to communicate, especially if they try and go no huddle or something like that. So our crowd can have something to do with it. I think the weather is something that can slow them down as well because if it's rainy or not, they're a, a, a dome football team. And I was a dome team most of my career – Dome teams don't like to go outside and play in the cold and the rain. I'd learned how to throw in the rain living, playing up here uh, at the University of Washington, but most players that are in dome teams don't like to go outside and play in the cold. So that's another thing that can slow them down. And then just good, hard-nosed, inspirational football by the, by the uh, defense and the offense of our football team. And we usually use that, that, uh, that energy that we get from this crowd uh, in these big-time games. That's why we have such a, a great record in primetime games. So I think those three things can really help slow this football team down. I want to take a step further with the energy of that crowd and the noise there and the decibels. Uh, it's really an advantage for a defense because the offense can't hear very well and you get a lot of right. false starts, although teams are getting better with that at CenturyLink Field. But, um, you know, the, the chance for the, the Seahawks to get a jump on that offense, maybe blitz a little bit more, uh, will we see more blitzes? I don't know if we'll see more blitzes because you don't want to put a young secondary in that many situations, but you have to pick your spots when you feel like uh, you think you need to and you want to change up the pace a little bit. And Chris Richard does a great job of knowing kind of when he wants to blitz and when he wants to bring pressure uh, and when he wants to go ahead and play his, his uh, standard zone. So you just take your shots when you want to and you, and you hope when you do bring that pressure, you get to the quarterback because they have some big play guys on the outside that if you don't get there, they're going to be hard to, to uh, cover for a long period of time. A couple of great matches today in the NFL. Let's take a look at uh, some of the key games. Minnesota, battle of two seven and two teams. Seahawks fans kind of rooting for the Vikings as they welcome Jared Goff and the Rams to town in that brand new stadium. The Rams actually looked good in the first quarter. Todd Gurley gives LA the lead with the six-yard touchdown run, but that was the only touchdown for the Rams on this day. Latavius Murray rushed for 95 yards, two touchdowns. Vikings pull away in the fourth quarter. Case Keenum hits Adam Thielen, and Thielen does the rest. Off he goes. 65 yards for a touchdown. The Rams are now 7-3. They lose to Minnesota today 24-7. Thoughts on the Rams now. Tough schedule coming up, including the Saints, Eagles, and that road game in Seattle. Uh, you know, this Rams team went in as the highest-scoring team in the NFL, held to just seven points. Well, they're playing some of the tougher teams on their schedule right now. They play New Orleans next week, who we know is playing as well as anybody. They've won eight in a row. Uh, they also have to play Philadelphia, which has got the best record in the league. And then they have to come up here to Seattle. So that's three tough games they have, you know, out of the six or seven they have left to play. So there's still a lot of football left to play. And we'll see how this young football team responds to the tough uh, opponents they have left on the schedule coming up. Uh, we talk about the other games during the day. Uh, the one with the best highlights seem to be uh, the New Orleans Saints hosting Washington. Late in the third quarter, Kirk Cousins finds a wide-open Ryan Grant. Saints defense nowhere to be found as Grant waltzes into the end zone. Washington up 24-13. With under two minutes to play, Saints trail by eight. Drew Brees hits Alvin Kamara, who somehow hangs on and scores. That is clutch. Saints convert the two-point conversion. They go to overtime, and in the OT, Will Lutz knocks through a 28-yard field goal. Make that eight straight wins for the Saints. They win it today 34-31. Eight in a row 
for New Orleans. Drew Brees is like Benjamin Buttons, man. He's just getting younger and younger, man. He, well, he looked great. They're doing it a different way. They're usually running the football and playing great defense. Because they got behind today, they needed Drew Brees to bring him from behind. So he throws for 385. So it's great to know that you can run the football and play great defense, but you have this quarterback that's going to be a Hall of Famer one day they can also save you if you get behind so they have a great combination going on right now in New Orleans yeah and that uh, that division is going to be tough with you know Carolina yeah. Atlanta. I mean yeah. that's really stacking up it really is it's going to come right down there's a lot of good football teams in the uh, NFC right now all these divisions are going to come right down to it and I love it yeah gonna be fun to watch here's a look at the NFC standings heading into Monday night the Hawks sit sixth right now and in the second wild card spot with a win over Atlanta the Hawks would reclaim the top spot in the West. Whole lot of congratulations to all the state soccer champs, all from the West Side, the Crosspoint boys, along with the girls from Life Christian Academy, Kings, Liberty, Mercer Island, and this team from Issaquah. Longtime Eagles coach Tom Bunnell retires after his fifth state title. So, congrats, especially to head coach Tom Bunnell. Been around a long time, great in the community. Uh, Warren, you went to Alexander Hamilton High School uh, in Los Angeles. You have a high school moment? I think in my senior year, just winning our league championship and going on into the city, uh, the city uh, playoffs. Uh, whenever you can do that in your senior year, those are lasting memories that you'll always remember. Uh, that group of guys that we put together. We went on into the city um, playoffs and lost in the semifinals, but winning your league championship was the first start and even to, to even get to that point. So that was a great memory that I always uh, cherish. Uh, looking back into my high school days. Yeah, see my guest today to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just celebrated a birthday. I just thought I'd throw that out there. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, what are your keys to the Seahawks win tomorrow night? Warren? Well, I think the first one is we want to limit the explosive plays of the Atlanta Falcons. They're a big, explosive football team, one of the best in the league. You don't want to give up those big, deep balls down the football field. You want to keep everything in front of you. Uh, make them have to go the length of the field to beat you. And, and one way you do that is to eliminate those uh, explosive plays. I think another thing we have to do offensively is we need to run the ball more effectively. We don't have to run for a ton of yards, but we need to be effective when we do run it because it keeps the clock moving, keeps their offense on the sideline, and it sets up our play action strikes where we can get those big explosive plays down the football field too. So running the football is very effective. And then I think one way to get to Matt Ryan and slow their offense down is our pass rush. We've got to really put some pressure on him, make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. If we can get to him and sack him some, that'll be another key for us. But we can really help out our young secondary that's uh, playing with a lot of injuries back there tomorrow night by getting pressure on the quarterback, making it very, a very tough night for uh, Matt Ryan. And it would help if uh, he had a little bit of rain, but right now it's just like temperatures in <laughs> yeah, the 40s. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be dry of yeah. all times. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Seahawks and Falcons tomorrow night, Monday Night Football. For Hall of Famer Warren Moon, I'm Paul Sylvie. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week.